This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Listening to Don and Dan on the K-Show. And a lot of topics, and I knew it was going to be when I saw last night what Aaron Boone did. And what Aaron Boone did is the classic second guess. It is what every manager knows is going to happen. You're facing a guy who you know can hurt you. Otani, everybody knows you should have walked him. Everybody knows you should have walked him. And he didn't. And you paid. (laughs) Because he hit the ball out of the ballpark. Now, before I give you some thoughts about this, let's hear from a couple of the people who were involved. First, we'll hear from Aaron Boone. Then we'll hear from Michael King, who gave up the home run. First, Aaron, did you think about walking Ortani at all? No, not in that spot. I mean, look, I did it in about as unique a spot, first and third, as you can in a a tie game. But when we have a two-run lead there, the guy hitting behind him is hitting 332. So I wasn't going to put another runner out at second and and the tie and run and and the go-ahead and run at the plate with a two-run lead there, no. So no, now had he gotten the second and we were behind the count or something, different story, but no, not in that, that one. Now on the Talking Yankees podcast, he doubled down, said he, even looking back, he would not have walked Otani. We're walking him in the fifth in a 0-0 game. And with two outs, I was just going to take my shot. And then in the seventh, we got a two-run lead. I think it's important to know, like, what Moniac's doing this year. Like, he's putting together a pretty good season. So I didn't want to just throw the time run on base. He doesn't homer 90-something percent of the time. And we're obviously pitching carefully there to him and didn't execute. Are you saying you would have walked him there? I would have. I'm assuming you would have walked him to lead off the ninth when he struck out, too. Yeah, I'm pretty scared of that guy right now. He's hitting home runs like crazy. Obviously, he doesn't homer all the time, but he's in a stretch right now. When you manage the team, you can make that call then. Again. <laughs> with Aaron Boone. All right, Michael King, who's been really good out of the bullpen, struggled of late. Last year was very good before he got hurt. Uh, here's Michael King on Otani. Uh, I wish it wasn't at my expense, but, um, I mean, he's an incredible hitter, and uh, we knew as a team that we didn't want him to be the one that beat us, and unfortunately I got greedy in a two-strike count and tried to make a better pitch than I needed to do, and instead of just really throwing a chase fastball up and away, I tried to keep it close enough for him to swing uh, not obviously on the plate but I can't let him be the one that beat us and then I did today now Michael were you surprised that you were allowed to pitch to Ortani? no I mean especially like that that is the tying run so you don't I feel like it's a baseball rule you don't want to put the tying run on base but that was the mouth visit when Blake came out he said like this is the guy we don't want to let beat us we went over a little bit of a scouting report and then once I got to two strikes I, I got greedy and just threw a ball that he could hit and uh, instead of a real chase pitch Now, you're going to – I'm not absolving Aaron Boone for his decision. I'm just not, okay? I think he should have walked him. It was a first guest for me, and I get he he has faith in this bullpen. And, yes, part of this is on Michael King because if Michael King does his job and gets Otani out somehow, some way, all right, Aaron Boone comes out looking like a genius. But let's put that to the side. We love to criticize managers, coaches. We do. As fans, as broadcasters, as journalists, we love it. 
when they mess up or they make a mistake, we tell you what we would have done. Oh, what are you doing? You can't do that in that situation. What, 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 what's on your mind? What are you thinking? But ultimately, you know what else is a part of this deal? The other part of this deal is the fact that the Yankee lineup is not that good. You know, I have a baseball team that I follow, the Mets. Their lineup is not that good. They don't score a lot of runs. As a matter of fact, let's go back to Aaron Boone, who talks about the hitting struggles in L.A. for his team. I thought we did a lot of good things tonight, but certain situations there, you know, you got to be able to, you know, make better adjustments in certain situations. So, you know, I mean, we got to do be- we got to do better than that overall. This offense has been. Awful. Yankee fans, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. It was bad before Aaron Judge got hurt, and it's worse now. The Mets are in the same situation. They're, they, they don't score runs, and they don't have the injuries that the Yankees have, and they still don't score runs consistently. So what's my point? My point is the manager works with what he has. The coach works with what he has. When you look at some of the great coaches and managers, and of course there are exceptions, but when you look at some of the great coaches and managers in sports history, look at the teams they had. And yes, we could say, listen, Phil Jackson when he had Kobe and Shaq, Phil Jackson when he had Michael and Scotty, it's hard to keep those guys motivated. It's it's, it's tough sometimes to remain on top. You're, everybody wants to go after you. Everybody, you're the bullseye's on your back. It's always tough. Yeah, it is. But you know what makes it easier? When you got talent. The reason the Yankees are struggling right now is because they can't score. It was 3-1 when Otani tied that game up at 3-3. You mean to tell me the Yankees could not get another run? This is a Yankee offense that can't give you five, six runs a game? No, Larry, they aren't. This is a Met offense that's, what do they have, like five hits in in 105 games? Yeah, Larry, they're they're not that good. So when you look at, and once again, I'm not absolving Aaron Boone for his, for the movie made last night. You could debate it all you want. Buck Showalter's got a couple of those that we've looked over his shoulder at about with David Robertson. Why didn't you bring him in the game? We got a couple of those too. But ultimately, the bottom line is the offense, the team is not good enough. The teams aren't good enough. Your margin of error is slim. And that's why you're suffering these losses. And you can say, well, Larry, because he knows the margin of error is slim, that's why he needs to make, that's why he needed to to walk Otani because he knew he's not gonna, he's likely he's not going to score many runs. I mean, they left Coors Field where the ball flies out of the ballpark a lot, and they barely scored. I mean, it wasn't for, for Stanton, the home runs, he was the only one that had home runs flying out of that ballpark. For the most part, you show me an outstanding coach that wins a lot, and I'll show you a coach that's got a lot of talent. And even with talent, you're not guaranteed to win. But it helps your options a little bit. It ups your percentage a whole lot. You look at this Yankee lineup from top to bottom. Come on. And you know, Yankee fans, you know, you've been complaining about it for two years. And I say to you over and over again, 
the biggest problem you had with that Yankee lineup was the, su- the success you had at the start of last season. Because breaking records, oh, this team could be better than the 98 team. Oh, this team is going to be great. Stop. They were hot. Give them credit. But when you look, even when you looked at the back of the baseball card for some of those players on that team offensively, you knew it wasn't going to last. And it hasn't. And so that's why we continue to say, what's going to happen at the trade deadline? What are the Yankees going to do? Right now, the Mets are probably sellers. Okay, I mean, come on. You needed to make a statement. You're the Mets. You needed to make a statement coming out after the All-Star break, and you still have a chance, slight, to show, hey, listen, by August 1st, we're, we're still in this. And you lose two or three to the Dodgers. And I get it's the Dodgers. I get it. But it's not that you lost. It's you went out weekly. Hardly scored. I mean, it's not going to get it done. So ultimately, when we look at both local baseball teams this year, we're going to see, and there's no perfect team, okay? Tampa might appear perfect to you, Yankee fans, because of the way they play. Met fans, Atlanta might appear perfect to you because they've had such a hot start and they've been dominant and continue to dominate the division year after year after year. But the bottom line is this. Both New York teams weren't good enough. They weren't. And that's why they're both in the positions they're in right now. 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter, at HardestyESPN, at ESPNNY, 98 underscore 7 FM. Hardesty and Fagrasa will take your calls next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasa Show on 98.7 ESPN. Coaches and managers have to make decisions. And their decisions are made based on what they expect from their players. Okay? That's usually why you make a decision. Analytics and all the other stuff, we we throw that into the mix. If it's basketball, we've got a bunch of different stats. If it's football, we got other ones. Baseball, we got some other ones. Hockey, we got other ones. You know, we got plus minus. We got every every kind of every kind of you know, pace of play, every kind of stat you can imagine, we have. Every kind. The bottom line is will the player produce when the manager or coach puts them in the position that they have that they put them in the better the talent the more likely they'll be successful and so once again we can criticize Boone we can criticize Showalter we can criticize any manager or coach we can criticize Tibbs and we have Okay. Oh, he doesn't play this one. What's he doing playing these guys so long? What's he doing this way? Why why is he doing this? What's he doing this? We can do that. But ultimately, the success comes based on the talent that you have on the field and on the team or on the court at that time. And these local baseball teams, Mets and Yankees, they're just not good enough. They're just not. The Mets needed to add a bat, and they needed to add another bullpen piece. Once Diaz went down, they did neither. They're struggling. The Yankees had a number of things they needed to work on. A number of things. 
Now they will sit and tell you that listen, we expected, you know, we we expected our guys to be better. You know, we expected Donaldson to come back. We expected Rizzo to be great. We expected DJ. We expected them. Got it. We expected Aaron Hicks to bounce back. Sure. Yeah, I'm sure you did. But didn't you have a backup plan in case none of this happened? No, because you started the season without a left fielder. And Donaldson's been absolutely putrid at third base offensively. And even though you talk about, well, he's a, he's really good defensively, that's nice. How's that, how's that working with you putting some runs on the scoreboard? Because last night it wasn't the defense that hurt you. It was the fact that you didn't score runs. Let's go to the phones. 1-800-919-3776. Uh, Carl's in Jersey. Carl, start us off on the Dan Grosser Show. How you doing, Larry? Uh, love the show. Thanks, Just Carl. What's up, know, my when friend? Yan- when the Yankees miss the playoffs this year, because they're going to miss the playoffs, they're not good enough. Whose job's on the line? Is Boone losing his job? Is Cashman losing his job? Thanks, Larry. Have a great day. All right, Carl. Thanks. I would. I don't think Cashman's losing his job. He just got a contract. I don't think Boone's losing his job. He's just got in. He got a contract too. Now, you might think, with the hitting codes being jettisoned in the middle of the season, which has been very un-Cashman-like, maybe there is a spot that Aaron Boone could be told bye-bye. And to be honest, that would be unfortunate. And I know some Yankee fans just ran off the road. (laughs) And I say it would be unfortunate because this is not his fault totally. Does he have a piece in it? Yeah, he, he, he may have cost you a couple of games. But I submit to you, if he had a better lineup and better talent on the field, some of these moves that he made would have worked out. Come on, fans. You got you you guys know. It's about talent. On paper, the Mets have a ton of talent. On paper. Okay? On paper. They should be running away with the wild card spot. They should be right behind Atlanta. Talent on paper. Two Hall of Fame pitchers at the top of the rotation. You got a, a superstar in Pete Alonso. You've got a a superstar in Francisco Lindor. You've had a big surprise with your rookie catcher, Francisco Alvarez. But you've had issues. And these guys have not produced. And so, ultimately, what the Mets don't have a DH. Still, still, they don't have a DH. Tommy Pham has been a godsend in left field. He's been hot over the past couple of weeks, and they still are losing games and having trouble scoring, even though they've picked up an early run tonight. So it's ultimately it's about talent. Why do you think Phil Jackson has all those rings in the NBA? Because he coached teams that had great talent. And superstar guys. Why do you think when he why do you think when he came here and they wanted him to coach the Knicks, 
He's like, no, 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 I'll just be general manager. No, 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 I'm, I'm good. I'll just be president. No, I'm not going to go. No, 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 no. You know why? Because there was no talent. He knew that talent wasn't good enough to win the championship. He wasn't going to ruin this championship record with that talent on that team. Spikes and say, Pete, what's up, Spike? I just finished a nice walk with Susan, listening to you, and uh, I was a statistical statistics major in high school and college. In, in college, and I love statistics because if you were brought up on baseball like I was uh, in the era, that was the game of statistics. Still is to this day. Mm-hmm. Ba- baseball stats mean more than anything. Back of the baseball card, I used to get as a kid the sporting news once a week. And, and went through those box scores like a fine-tooth comb. And you're right. And my point halfway through the walk is I said to Susan that, look, these are two average teams. They have different issues. One had injuries. One had that. The decision last night, look, they play 162 games. You'll get 162 different opinions. I would have walked them. He's the best hitter, the guy behind him. You know, it's having a good year. Do you move the uh, the base up? You know, there's so many machinations, machinations that, that go along with all that. That's why we watch. That's why content is so imperative now with all these streaming services that you and I have been talking about the last few days. Mm-hmm. No one knows what to do. You need the content. You need the streaming because that, you don't know the outcome. It's not scripted, except some of these games almost seem scripted. I remember following the Dodgers when they first moved out to L.A., and I hated that they moved because I lived, a, you know, I literally a stone's throw away. I used to walk to Everett's Field as a little kid. And uh, I followed them for a while. I loved Koufax and Drysdale. And there you could get away with two to one, one to nothing because they, they structured the team with speed. You remember Maury Wills. You remember sure. all that. Mm-hmm. And and you, you structured the team. Everything went wrong. The Mets are top-heavy. The, the Yankees have injury prone, also the judge. What a fluke injury. I can't believe it. LeMayu with the toe. It all evens out. The Atlanta's formula, Tampa, which is five minutes from me in St. Pete, the ballpark, and Cleveland all did the same thing. Well, not the same thing. Variations. They got these young pups. So Tampa couldn't afford them. They let them go and replaced them with a great farm system. Atlanta signed all these guys. They spotted it early, got them down. The kids took the money with the service time. You know how all that works. Mm-hmm. I still can't figure it out, but you just look it up. And Cleveland tried. They signed the, uh, what's the third baseman's name? The little chubby guy. He's terrific. Uh, left-handed hitter. For the oh, Indian, I know, yeah, I can't the, call it. I know you're talking about Ramirez. Yeah. Yeah. Kick and hit the ball, sleep. They signed him early. So what do you do? You depend on your scouting. It's no different than any other sport, Larry. And thanks for the time and have a great night. The only thing is they play more games, so you see more of it. I don't believe – I disagree with you totally, which is rare, on two Hall of Fame pitchers. They were Hall of Fame pitchers. Now they're just okay pitchers because I said to you Sunday, the ERA is no longer three, it's four. Yeah. And there's a big that's that's the difference between the Hall of Fame and being average, and it's probably the difference between forty million and uh, twelve million. But uh, yeah. look, we watch the games because we don't know the outcomes. We can be what do they what do they call it armchair? I forget the armchair quarterbacks. Yeah, armchair court. So you're sitting there. So Larry Hardesty, my friend, says I wouldn't have pitched to him. Maybe on a different night, you you know you'd think differently. I don't know. 
Maybe he didn't like his swing. The swing before when he got up, I watched it. He was pulling his back. He struck out on three pitches or something. So you never know with baseball. It's the only game in the world where if you're 30%, you're in the Hall of Fame. It's an intriguing game, but I think we have two average teams. Maybe the Yankees will win 86 to 88 games, and the Mets may be 500 teams this year. It's a shame, but football will be here before you know it. They'll be lucky to get the 500 spike. Lucky. And no, they are not pitching like Hall of Famers for the Mets, but both will be there. They're both first ballot. Not for the Mets, unfortunately, but they're both first ballot Hall of Famers. They're going to be there. There's no question. They're going to be there. 1-800-919-3776. More of your calls next on 9870 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. In Brooklyn, what's up, Jose? Good afternoon, Larry. I'm chuckling over here. Uh, shout out to the company. I definitely wanted to, you know, we're finally going to talk some Yankees. So I just want you to put your white coat on because, you know, you used to help me with a lot of Nick games late mm-hmm. at night. Mm-hmm. So it's time for you to help me with sort out with this Yankee situation because I was, I told myself I wasn't going to watch the game. And I you know, as typical lying to myself as a fan, I end up watching the game. And Mm -hmm. it was a very horrible experience because I'm watching a team where we're supposed to be facing one of the worst pitchers in Major League Baseball, if not the worst. And yet somehow this lineup, for some reason, strikes out 17 times. Not against one pitcher. But it was just, but throughout the whole game, they struck out 17 times. And mm. it, it, it triggers me because it takes me back to that, you know, Anita March, you know, uh, um, show where, where, where she had uh, the minor leaguer speaking. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it just tells me, I'm just like, where they're, va- and I kept hearing the word, they, 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 for some reason, this metric values strikeouts more than, you know, weak singles. And I, I, I just don't understand why this is okay. This has been, and this is where, you know, because this is where Yankee fans are just an all-time frustrated because first we were told we can't complain. Then it was like, what are we to complain about? Then it was like, oh, you know, we're not as bad as the Mets. Then it's, you know, oh, now we can complain a little bit because it is concerning. Now it's, you know, okay, now we understand that the Yankee fans are frustrated. This has been boiling over because we have been seeing this downturn for the last few years uh-huh. where we where we kept saying this team strikes out way too much. They're way too home run reliant. They're way too stationary on the base pads. They don't look like they, they look like they get injury prone. Like, like it, these were things that we saw for years and years and why we were saying this was not a championship level team, even though we kept fooling everyone, winning, winning the games, you know, proving the analytics department right over 162. But when it came to the playoffs, we were outclassed, outmatched, outpitched, outhit, out, you know, managed in every single way. So I, I just want to know, Larry, when is this going to stop? Because I don't see, like, did we all of a sudden give guaranteed contracts to the analytics department where we all of a sudden can't cut them? Like, I don't know what, 
what like what are you gonna what is it gonna take for the Yankees to actually realize that this is not how you play baseball and this is why you haven't won and this is why you, you, in a situation where now the talent is not up to par you're looking like this. Can you try to help me figure this out? (laughs) All right, Jose, here's what I'm going to try to do. And thanks for the phone call, my friend. Let's try, let's try to take it one thing at a time. Yankee fans understand that right now you are looking at an offense that is as bad as you've seen in a couple of years. Even the years where you got to the postseason and it was home run or bust, at least you were either winning the division or you were number two in the division. Right now, you are at the bottom of the division. And that's not where you're used to being. Okay? You're used to having those circular lineups that I joke about time after time after time, and that's not what this is. And so the question is going forward, and it's got to start, in my opinion, from Hal Steinbrenner. And part of it was, why am I spending all this money and getting this, (laughs) and Tampa spending a lot less and getting that? And so, ultimately, you've got some bad contracts. You've got guys who aren't producing. You're getting older. You've got guys like DJ who, listen, for me, here's my philosophy. It's not the money, it's the years, right? It's not always, because you're in a non-salary cap sport. Yeah, I know you got the tax, the luxury tax, and so on and so forth. But really, you're in a non you're you're in a non salary cap sport, so it's more important for you for instead of money, it's about years. You've got Stanton for what four more years? That's unbelievable. And the trades that you've made have not been good. They've not been good. So it used to be that the Yankees were a team. And what set them apart from everybody else was they could make mistakes, but they had to, they, and they were able to make, if they made a mistake, they could pay for it and get out of it. And right now they've made mistake after mistake after mistake, and then they've compounded the mistake by adding long contracts to it. So how do they get out of it? They're not going to re, they're not going to break it down. This is not the Yankees. The, the Yankees are not a team that, okay, we're blowing it up and we're going to start up. No, 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 no. That's not what they do. They try to retool on the fly. So what they have to do is, Jose, what I asked my Nick front office to do this season, and that is they really, they really have to look in the mirror and say, we have really messed this up. How do we get back? And part of it is to get an everyday left fielder who is really a left fielder, who has played the position, who has a little pop, who can, you know, make contact. I used to, we used to say hit for average, but average doesn't count anymore. But just a guy who's not home run or everything 
home run or nothing. You need a guy. You need a guy like DJ LeMay who was a couple of years ago. That's what you need. You need one or two of those guys. Would it be nice if Gleyber Torres would come back to the way he was? Uh, the sample size right now after what I've seen, I don't think he's coming back. You may have to move on from him. They've been rumored to be moving on from him for the past couple of seasons. I think this is the year you got to move on from him. He's been hot right now. Move on from him. Move on. Put your kids at short and second and figure out the rest of Put your kids there, short and second, right? And figure out, the, figure out the outfield, figure out third base, and move on from there. And try to salvage this year. And then in the offseason, you got to really look and make some moves. You got to make some moves. This is not for, for what we know to be the New York Yankees. This lineup is unacceptable. It's unacceptable. And I'm not, I'm not trying to hear, well, you know, if we only had Aaron Judge for the whole season, this was a bad lineup with Aaron Judge in the lineup last season in the second half. He was the only one getting runs for you. So it's not just this year. And it goes back to what I said in the open. Yes, Aaron Boone made some mistakes. He's not perfect. He's, he just isn't. Nobody is. Yes, Buck Showalter has made some mistakes. Absolutely. And you would think when you realize for both that you really don't have a margin for error, then that means that you should really focus and, and not be so cavalier with your decisions and make sure that every decision counts. I got that. But nevertheless, it's not all Aaron Boone's fault. And it's not all Buck Showalter's fault. It's what they're working with. They just, the teams aren't good. It's the bottom line. They're not that good. If they were, they would be better. Their record would be better. They're just not that good. Robbie's in Massachusetts. What's up, Robbie? Hey, Larry. Thank you so much for taking my call. I really enjoy your show. First of all, I want to say hi to my friend Spike in Florida. Spike calls my burglar. I didn't know if you knew that. I have a radio show up here in New England. My broadcast partner, Sean Cronin. I don't know if uh, Spike just passed away. So it's really tough to go in the studio today, Larry. See an wow. empty chair across from me. But uh, he Condolences, was an amazing Ronnie. fan. He was a wonderful guy. He was a wonderful guy, and I miss him so much. So I got my buddy Ralph Romeo from WPAT working with me on uh, Tuesday. So it's a lot of fun, but uh, I miss him terribly. But, you know, Larry, you know, I always called you like the voice, second voice of reason. Our buddy Tony Page always called Tony the voice of reason for so many years, you know. And like you're the voice of reason, so you got me to calm down a little bit right here. It's about accountability, and it starts with Hal Steinbrenner. I mean, let's be honest. This has been the same losing formula, and I know they had success in their regular season. I understand it. But the formula in the playoffs has not worked. First of all, when you take a team in Yankee Stadium, look what, look what the Yankees did in the 90s. Left-handed bats, guys that make contact, right? Solid defensive play, guys with speed at the top of the lineup. This ridiculous analytic, the idea of removing a guy who's, who's striking out two guys for inning just because he's throwing 102 pitches. What about the fact that he's effective? See, years ago, guys pitched between innings. You have four starters. There's no sense of traditional baseball anymore, and I can't stand watching it. I don't, we, well, we used to talk about 30 game hitting streaks. We used to talk about, you know, guys that they don't have, have a, a hitting streak. We used to talk about guys that were pitching complete games. None of this exists anymore due to this analytical nonsense. And to me, the Yankees use too much of it. And they put a top 
heavy. Why did the team in Yankee Stadium? How does that make sense? I mean, when the team was winning in the 90s, you had guys that made contact. I mean, Joe Torre used to talk about small bites. But it's really about accountability, Larry. There's no accountability from this manager who I can't stand. I'm sick of his vanilla answers. And the press really takes me off, too. Because why can't the press instead of say, well, did you think it's cold tonight? Why don't they say, why did you take this guy out when he's striking guys out 11 strikeouts in six games and remove him to put a wandering for offense? And then Peralta comes in and he doesn't bring back Peralta for two years. Why do we have to keep switching pitchers every time? Well, it's more about if I bring five pitchers, okay, into a ball game, all right? I think five pitchers, there's a chance that one of them is not going to have a good night. So why can't a guy like Juan, if you're going to take Cole out after dominating the worst team, the third worst team in the National League, and you can take them out of the game, you're paying them in $36 million. What is the point? I mean, it's not only, it's Cashman clearly. Putin's got his hands tied. But you know why he does? Cashman, he signs a long, like he said, long-term contract with old guys that are unathletic. We've been saying this for 10 years. It's the same lineup every year. What has he done? to change anything in the organization. And you hire Brian Sabian, and you hire Omar Minot, two guys that are talented in evaluating young talent. Get this guy out of here. Let, let Sabian and Omar Minot in the organization. Get a guy, get a guy, get a manager who's going to take uh, a guy like Bader after he runs when the ball comes back to the pitcher and walk up to him like Brian Gable did last year in the Giants game and say, what kind of nonsense is this? Show some accountability from the manager. That's the problem of the organization. It's, well, it's, Robbie, it's, I hate to tell you this. I hate to tell you this, Robbie. I appreciate it. Yep, yep, yep. And thanks for the phone call. And once again, condolences on the loss of your partner. They're not doing that. That's why Joe Girardi's not here. Because he did that. That's not what they want to do. That's not how you handle today's player. If you get on their case, you do it behind the scenes. That was a rare thing from Brian Dabo. But football's a little different. That's a little different. But the, the Yankees not going to do that. That's why Aaron Boone was brought in. Because he understands today's player a little better. How to, how to get the best out of him. Do I have to remind you? Joe Girardi, who was an outstanding defensive catcher, was merely commenting and trying to help Gary Sanchez who was a subpar catcher trying to help him with tips of the trade and maybe through frustration or whatever it was, maybe raised his voice or said some things and Gary Sanchez was offended. And now all of a sudden, even though he was a couple of outs away from going to the world series, all of a sudden now Girardi doesn't know how to deal with today's player. And you haven't gotten close to that spot since. Once again, I wasn't there. I don't know what he said. Maybe he was out of line. Maybe he wasn't. But what you are asking for, you're not going to find anymore, my friend. You're not going to find, you're not going to find a, you're not going to find a starting staff with double digits and complete games anymore. A staff. You're not going to find that. That's not how we play baseball now. It's not how we do it. It's a different world, my friend. It's a different world. 1-800-919-3776. Harder Steve Fagrasa on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasa Show on 98.7 ESPN. 
Larry Hardesty and for Dan Grasso on the Dan Grasso Show here on 98.7 ESPN. Chatting with you at 1-800-919-3776. Let me just explain what I'm talking about. And once again, I'm not trying to say that Aaron Boone is a Hall of Fame manager. It's not what I'm saying. So Yankee fans, relax. It's not what I'm saying. But I'm just going to give you, this, this was your lineup last night. Here was your lineup last night. Peraza, who you just brought up, slugging 265. We throw that out because you just brought him up. Stanton, 0 for 5, slugging 445. Glaber Torres, 2 for 4, as, and an RBI. As I said, he's been a little hot lately, slugging 422. Anthony Rizzo, who right now looks like I don't know who. He is struggling and has struggled Ever since the injury. So, you know, maybe he's still feeling lingering effects. I don't know. But he is not the Anthony Rizzo that you're used to seeing. Slugging 390. And he hasn't, he seems like he can't get a hit. He's really struggled. Bader slugging 432. Volpe, 3, you know, 379. Not bad. IKF has been, IKF is almost your everyday left fielder. He's an infielder who you didn't want. Trevino, a catcher, is, is, I mean, that's not an offensive position. I mean, it's, it, you don't have a, this is not what you call a Yankee lineup. You look at the Angels lineup, and the Angels are a game under 500. And they've got three guys with a slugging of over 600. One of them, of course, is Otani. And that's in the lineup last night. And I'm sure Mr. Baseball, who's hurt, also has a slugging of in the high fives, maybe over six. This is why you're not winning. This is one of the reasons why you're not winning. And that bullpen that has been just unbelievable this season. Kept you in a bunch of games that you would come back and win late. It's been used a lot. They're wearing down. Wearing down. So, look. We knew when Judge went out, it was going to be a tall order for the Yankees to to tread water. But once again, you have to beat the team's that you're better than. And as bad as the Yankees are, lineup-wise, they're better than the Rockies. Then you can't lose a series to the Rockies, especially in Colorado, where the ball is launched out of that stadium. And remember, there's a 12-game set that's coming up in another week or so. At Baltimore, home for Tampa, home for Houston. In the middle of that Tampa series is the August 1st trade deadline. There's an interesting article by Joel Sherman in the Post today that says (laughs) the Yankees have so many holes, can they address them all at the trade deadline? (laughs) 
And he's right. He's right. It's a lot. No. This is just my opinion. I'm not going to, you can read the article. No, they can't. They can't address them all at the trade deadline. They can only address maybe one or two of them. And in the offseason, they have to go to work. It's just like the Mets. They have to really look at, at what they're going to do to get this team back to where it has to be next season. And they've paid some guys who haven't produced a lot of money. Okay? A lot of money. Marte has been a big disappointment this year. Jeff McNeil has been a big disappointment this year. But the biggest disappointments really have been at the top of the rotation. Verlander, who was hurt, got a late start. And Scherzer. Those have been the big ones. And Quintana, who we haven't seen yet. So both local baseball teams got some work to do. They both do. When we return, we'll turn our attention to the NBA. One of the Nick players are very, very upset about how he was treated this season. I'll give you my thoughts on that next on 98.7 ESPN. 